and we're back from our break to discuss the best music of 2015 in video games, Scanline Media, Gimmick Awards, 2015. Get excited. It's been like five seconds for you guys. I don't know why I'm talking like you guys have been gone forever. Anyway, our nominees are Undertale, Axiom Verge, Crypt of the Necrodancer, Life is Strange, Splatoon, Rebel Galaxy, Read Only Memories, and Fly Wrench. We've taken some time, we have listened to this music so that we can actually talk about it without not knowing what we're talking about. Yeah, that would have been real bad if you just jumped into it. <laughs> and we're good to go. Who wants to say something about music as a concept? I like music. It is good to listen to. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Best music 2015. Next up. <laughs> no. Okay, uh, so... I, I almost don't want to be, like... Sometimes I'm kind of flippant, like, this game's fine, it needs to go. And I don't want to do that here. Like, okay. I don't think Life is Strange is top material. I think its mater- its music is very effective, but I don't think... Like, mostly, I feel like it relies on licensed music, though it does have some good original content for it. And I just... I don't think it's musically that strong compared to these others. I think Life is Strange uses its music to great effect, both in terms of setting a tone and in terms of uh, capping off great emotional moments. But I don't think it's... I, I can't put its music on the same pedestal as I can some of the others on this list. Hmm. Okay. Um, I I really, really... I, I'm the kind of person who has artists like Beck and um, Blood Red Shoes and Spoon on my phone, and Life is Strange speaks to me in a very similar way that the, those do this really great indie emotional sounds that resonates with me long after I've actually listened to it. But um, it it is mostly used in a way that I think of out of all the different soundtracks here, it is the least creatively used. So, and all these soundtracks, I do not, to be honest, I do not like Rebel Galaxy soundtrack too much, but in terms of all the other ones, I feel like they're all strong enough in a way that most of them use their soundtracks more creatively than Life is Strange, which mostly uses them the same way a television show would use them. So that that would be enough for me to strike it from the list, if everyone else feels strongly about striking it from the list. Yeah, I, okay. I, I don't... I don't... It's not that I don't want it on the list, it's just that we don't have enough slots for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we should probably talk about Rebel Galaxy then. Okay. I think Rebel Galaxy's music is what keeps it from being just like... Like, especially space games. I feel like music can be so powerful in setting the tone, right? Mm. Like it would be so easy for this to have like a tinkly synthy music from the heart of space soundtrack and be like about the serenity and beauty of space and rebel galaxy's soundtrack 
is one of the major things that keeps it from being that. That keeps it being this game about like smuggling and pirates and bounty hunting and intense combat and it is just this like kicking like I mean it is not the kind of music I would generally listen to on my own time. It is some I don't know how to it's some kind of like country rock sounding stuff, but it is good for what it is, and I think it sets the tone spectacularly for that game. It, it's it's going for Firefly, but as an action game with the soundtrack. Absolutely, and I think it just nails it. So here's the thing: I really like the soundtrack outside of the game. In you the don't con- like it inside in of the, the game? context of the game, I feel like the soundtrack is emblematic of. Everything I don't like about Rebel Galaxy, actually. Really? Yeah, I I don't like how it's a half step between some uh, between a more serious like trading and scavenging game, and this almost naval combat thing. I, like everything about exactly where it splits, it sets the line on every decision. It just rubs me rubs me the wrong way, and the music just is representative of that yeah i, I was but saying it represents that well <sighs> even then i don't think it's a top three uh, among this list okay so i rebel galaxy is also a type of music that i really like to listen to on my own like um i'm a big fan of bands like clutch which also do that sort of thing but it's the reason I bring up Clutch is that it kind of reminds me of the moments in both Left 4 Dead and uh, Hitman um, contracts where Clutch comes on the radio. They can be really good at... They're really good in small dosages within those games, but ultimately, I feel like the games often... It, it doesn't work so well as something that sells the game itself in its tone like an entire game it kind of falls apart i think maybe the soundtrack needs to be a little longer of a list it's not a very big soundtrack um but like i think the way the music like they chose like you can do a custom soundtrack in that game it's not going to line up as well as the music they chose where it's like it's perfectly timed so that like the music really kicks in at like right as your your hyperdrive finishes charging and kicks into boost and like, right as the the combat tends to start to get into the real action, I feel like it's timed really spectacularly for that stuff. And I think it does a pretty good job of getting you amped for whatever you're doing. I could see an argument that it's not going to make the top three, so I can cut it. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we cut it. I don't think Read Only Memories is making the top three either. Undertale, Axiom, Verge, Crypt is an excellent Platoon, Read Only Memories, Fly Ranch. There's like, there's at least three there that I think is better than Read Only Memories. Mm. I think there are four, personally. I would cut Axiom Verge far before I would cut anything else on this list. (laughs) I mean, what Read Only Memories is doing is it's doing a really good imitation of that Sega CD sound of those old, you know, it is like a lot of the game, it's very Snatcher, right? Mm-hmm. And that's worthy of respect, but I don't feel like ultimately it's that special compared to what the rest of this list does. I don't know, I may be 
I may be looking at this from, well, forget objective and subjective. All of this is subjective. I just, I, I might like it more than you guys because I'm a fan of Tumelo and the things that he's done. The things that he's done outside of read-only memories have mostly been really great lineups between a video game soundtrack and a famous famous rappers, basically. But I feel like he comes into his own with read-only memories and has really catchy moments. But yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where it's catchy moments moments above all else for most of the soundtrack. There are some moments that he sells completely with soundtrack, but it's mostly just really catchy things that keep the pace going very well. I didn't even think it was very catchy. I mean, I thought it like I thought it did a fine job of like seeming like the kind of music that you should play in a game like this. And that's about it. I I think it's really good at what it does, but I don't think that what it does is as good as what several other examples on this list does. All right. That that's a that's a really bad way of phrasing this. Fair. No, I get what you're saying. Okay. Um so, okay, at this point, we're down to five games, and I like FlyWrench's music a lot, mm-hmm. but I also feel like it doesn't really tie into what FlyWrench is as a game that much. Like, thematically, it's, it's like the music sounds good, and when you're playing it, it's enjoyable to listen to, but it feels to me like the music doesn't say very much about the game. It's not it's about just the good theme. music. It's not about the theme, the, but the, what it is is that the music is what ties the aesthetic together and also provides the tempo. Like, it it makes mm. the tempo of the game feel so good, and it doesn't feel nearly as good without that music, and I know that because the old Flash version of Rhyme Ranch didn't have that music. Okay, no, that's a that's a very convincing argument. Um, what on this list would you cut instead of Fly Ranch? I mean, there's two things we should cut, and the two things I would cut is Axiom Verge. Yes. Yeah, I think we can all agree on cutting Axiom Verge. It's got great atmospheric music, but it's otherwise... The other games we have on here have some pretty incredible music. Yeah. And then I would cut Splatoon. Uh, I would cut Fly Wrench over Splatoon. Likewise. Splatoon is this... Splatoon kind of perfectly captures everything that's great about that game it's really upbeat and charged in your face in a sort of kid cartoonish sort of way it just makes you want to jump out and get to work Splatoon is the game that makes you be like wait a minute is the Wii U the Dreamcast 2 (laughs) it is a resurrection of Sega Spirit done well it is charming it is quirky it is an offbeat style And it definitely has fucking a load of style. And the music perfectly summarizes what Splatoon is. Mama, the Wii U is better than the Dreamcast 2 would ever be. You're right. But it feels like it has a Sega feel to it, in a way. In in the good parts of the Sega feel. It feels like the people who made ToeJam Mineral made this game. Yeah, um, in fact, the person who did... um... The, the creative director behind stuff like Jet Grind Radio has been tweeting out a lot of different Splatoon art he's done. <laughs> like a bunch of Splatoon yeah. fan art. That's that's how close to Sega it is. It's, I think it's top three material, and I definitely think it's over... I, I, I for sure think it's over FlyWrench. I think it's really good. So here's the thing. I think that most of the things you said, like with uh, Splatoon's music 
fitting in perfectly with the game and like just perfectly representing what is so good about the game. I think that the same is true for Fly Ranch's soundtrack. How this is gonna come down is that I'm the only one who really, here who really cares about Fly Ranch and by extension its soundtrack. And you two care a lot about Splatoon and by extension its soundtrack. And I haven't gotten to actually play Splatoon. So... Yeah, that I, is that is possibly what it will come down to. I wouldn't say it would come down to that, at least not for me, because I, even though I have not played F- Fly Ranch, I have experience with both Messhoff and uh, the person who did the soundtrack, Daedalus, and I absolutely loved what Daedalus did for... for um, why am I blanking on the name? Nidhogg, yeah. That soundtrack mm-hmm. was just on point, and... It fits so well with the weird shifting colors and everything for Nidhogg. Yeah. And um, I think that what he does, he, he was more in a curation ro- role for Flywrench, and I think he did a damn good job curating it. I just feel like between the two, it would be a very tough choice, but Splatoon kind of edges over it because Splatoon just... Splatoon's music is such an extension of everything that Splatoon is that I feel like it has much more value to me than Fly Wrench's soundtrack. Yeah, like I get what you're saying about the fl- the music for Fly Wrench setting the pace of the gameplay in a really cool way, but Splatoon fet- sets the pace of the gameplay and also the visual style and also the writing and also the gameplay. Like it, every 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 part of Splatoon is fucking harmonious as shit. I see what you're saying. I still can't care about this the soundtrack the way I do Fly Wrench, but you're gonna okay. vote me off here. I'm afraid we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. So we're down to three. Undertale, Crypt of the Necrodancer, and Splatoon. I guess we know what our I... number one is. <laughs> <laughs> we, I guess we do. I mean, are we just going to say Undertale? Um, yes. That's it for me. Um, I'm Crypt of the Necrodancer. I love Darren Baranowski's work. I think he's one of the best musicians around. I think that Undertale did a better job. Yeah, and I think I think Crypt of the Necrodancer has some of his best work on it, but it also has some parts of the album that I actually think are pretty weak. Yeah, it's not. I don't. I wouldn't say that any part of Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack is bad, but not all of it is that fantastic, and it's pretty one note. Yeah, Undertale has a wide variety of great music that all fits into every scene. Undertale has a song that pretends to use the sounds of a floppy drive. Undertale has a song that sounds straight out of fucking Phoenix Wright. Undertale has such a variety of musical styles within its limited, like, it's not like it has, like, instrumentals, like, with an orchestra. It's all using a pretty limited musical tool set to create an amazingly diverse set of songs, a lot of which are just incredibly good. I think there are a few tracks on the soundtrack to use real instruments, but yeah, most of them don't, and... They go a long way without it. And they all yeah. pretty much catch you by surprise. Like, every time one comes on, you're like, whoa, this kind of blew me away. Like, yeah. there's that's one of the reasons why I kind of... We were talking about which song from Undertale we favor, and one of the things that I liked about Papyrus's over all the others is that you kind of get a taste of Papyrus's theme for a while at the beginning, but then once you actually begin to fight him... 
it advances in such a beautiful way to demonstrate, oh, now it's actually on that mm-hmm. it it works really well for me. It, it's it's a it's a fantastic soundtrack. That's a good track. It's not one of my favorites from it, but it's really good. It's yeah. It is the best music for 2015. Our winner, Undertale, and our runners up, Crypt the Necrodancer and Splatoon. Even though I per- like personally, the Splatoon soundtrack doesn't mean much to me. I would have put put both Axiom Verge and Life is Strange and Fly Branch over it, but. Thank you, Johnny. Oh, well. <laughs> As, like, like in every other category, someone had to get the last word. Oh, wait, no, just you in this category. <laughs> Thank you. Good manners. I, I feel anyway. like I forget, forgot to say that during the actual conversation, so I slipped it in. <laughs> Thank you for being end. an ass about it. <laughs> Me being? Okay, sure. Best visuals. We have 11 nominees I thought this category was going to have too few, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what one of these is. Um, okay, so our nominees are Neon Struct, Splatoon, Soma, White Knight, Ori and the Blind Forest, Dirt Rally, Until Dawn, Axiom Verge, Gallic Z, Armello, and Pillars of Eternity. What the hell is White Knight? Okay, White Knight is this... Okay... I guess I should. Sounds like some social justice warrior bullshit to me. <laughs> White Knight is this. Uh, White Knight is this classical sort of survival horror game set in the Depression era um, America, and it's entirely in well, almost entirely in black and white with different color gradients. And yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it just it just does the black and white thing so remarkably well. It's so striking that it makes having a white sky represent night look incredibly nice. And the things it and does it has with light no, and shadow. Oh, it's this guy. It's and it's it's like it's black and white. Like there is no gray. Yeah. There is a little bit of gray, but there, it's there's not a lot of gray. Yeah, I don't see any in the screenshots. I, I I'm looking through a few of them, and there, there's a few splotches of gray. There's very, very little. Yeah, I guess there sort of are. But, like, it's it's very, very stark Yeah, it's, it, it's not grayscale. Most of it is either pitch black or just white. And this is probably more yeah. of a of a gameplay side of things, but it does some really clever things with the stark contrast. Like, you'll have some items that are hiding in plain sight, but because of the shadows, you ha- you have to move a certain thing or interact in a certain way to get it to reveal itself. And it just kind of keeps pulling out these really clever visual tricks throughout the whole game. Hmm. Yeah, it's got a very dramatic look. Um, okay. I... I don't, I don't think, think it... Until Dawn makes it. Um, I would agree with that. It's, it's a very good-looking game. Like... It comes the closest to breaching the uncanny valley that I've seen for a um, one of those sort of games going for a lifelike look. But at the same time, there are moments... Everyone... It, it has that L.A. Noir problem where they get, okay, we have this really great technology. We have a way to really map these people out. Let's get them to make the goofiest expressions in the world. And 
it's it's one of those things where it kind of detracts from the game a bit because it at at some points it it very much turns moments from it seems like they delivered something really well, but their face moves in a way and it turns into it goes heavy handed sometimes in a hammy way that's that doesn't work out too well. The facial animations really do sync the visual style on quite a few occasions. Yeah, anytime they smile, it looks real bad. Yeah, this the smiles are real weird. Except for Peter Stormare, they made a very sad game. Peter Stormare, I'm probably butchering butchering his name, but the way that he smiles is perfect. But he also is known for smiling creepily, and that's his whole thing. It's Stormar. A- it's a shame that we don't have a Swede here who can correct you about on the pronunciation, huh? <laughs> Stormar. Peter Stormar. I actually, I can't pronounce it completely correct either because I can't pronounce the Swedish hard R. So I'm, it gets... I'm the one doing it. I'm doing it right here. I've, I've heard, like, I've <laughs> no, heard it, people be like, not, this is how... That's not completely correct either. I have heard people literally doing pronunciation guides to his name, Johnny. Yeah, but <laughs> that's guides? not how you actually say it if you if you talk casually. They, okay, they over-enunciate it real badly. Okay, fine. Point is, Until Dawn gets the axe. Which is yes. appropriate yep. for a slasher game. Peter Stolmeyer gets the axe. I don't think he ever picks up an axe in that game. <laughs> I don't remember. Pillars of Eternity. Why is that on here? Yeah, because Pillars of Eternity looks really good. It looks. I mean, they do a really good job of looking like old shitty games. That's impressive. <laughs> it looks no, like an updated. That, I'm blown that, away. It's that art style, but like done in a really good way. Except for whenever it it tries to do 3D, then it goes real sideways. And it's a the 3D, 3D game. Looks bad. And also, I think the portraits all look like shit. Yep, a lot of the portraits do. Like I don't, I, I just I, don't. I, think. I, I'd almost guess that so, that some of it was intentional because of how old Baldur's Gate Two portraits looked, but that sure. doesn't dis- excuse it really. Nope. Yeah, I, I don't think it can make this list. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's top three. It, speaking of bad-looking people, that's the kind of thing that sur- sinks dirt rally for me. Mm. I know it's a car game and stuff like that, but it kind of feels like in 2015 we should have. People that don't look like really terrible polygonal. Their faces look all sorts of wrong, and there I, there I are crowds the in that Colin game, McRae. and you have to look at them. And they I, I miss the old Colin McRae one and two cardboard crowds. <laughs> they were real good. Or Forza Five's cardboard crowds. <laughs> yeah, Forza Five has some legendary cardboard crowds. <laughs> The, uh. the thing that's remarkable about that is that it, there's there, that game is a recent game. Yeah, and that the, all the demos that they showed before that had 3D crowds. Yeah. Yep. Target renders! <laughs> uh, right. So. Hmm. Got an interesting list of games left, folks. Yeah. Yes, we do. Anybody want to make cuts? Because I'm kind of stuck at the moment. Um, I think Soma needs to go. You're probably... Well, I, th- I think that there are some better 
art directions, but I also think that nothing goes into quite the same detail that Soma does. Soma, Soma at some points really... goes to levels that are reminiscent of Gone Home, like the way that you it does environmental storytelling. It it does the best environmental storytelling this year. Sure, and but that... I don't think that's just that's not. That's environment design, not just visual style, I think. I feel like they're kind of one and the same in some respects. But I, I also think that one of the things that is a big detraction from that style is the font. The font that they use, not good. That's not my problem with it, but... <laughs> You've been real weird about fonts lately, Ben. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where... Soma does such a great job of providing... I know, I know, I know what it is. He's been using an Apple laptop. <laughs> Guilty as charged, I'm recording on a MacBook Air right now, so... I, I don't, it's just one of those things where it reminds me of something that I would see in a mod. Like the way, I don't know whether it's the way that the text is spaced or current, or current together, but it's... It... It's the least convincing part of a world that otherwise... Well, I guess the people look pretty bad, too, but... Yeah. It's, it's the least convincing part of a world that does its best to look pretty good. Hey, Ben. Yeah? What do you think about the Guild Wars 2 interface? Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I guess that... I guess that means we're cutting Soma because Guild Wars 2. Yes. We're cutting right. Soma because of Guild Wars 2. I'm fine with cutting Gills I'm I'm fine with cutting Soma because it <laughs> I'm fine with cutting Soma because it is uneven. And the parts yeah. that are uneven really while, stuck in my crop. While we're at it, let's cut Guild Wars 2. <laughs> Which is not on this list. Let's, <laughs> let's add, add it, it so we cut can it. cut it. <laughs> anyway. Um Alright. So I think um I would probably cut Armello. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is uh, there a reason why not? Because it looks I, really good. I think I would also cut Armello. Like, it's really... it's. <sighs> Man, I'm sick to death of that particular fantasy art style. Mm. I... Armello has... A particular art style that perhaps you are sick of. I am not because I don't actually think I've seen it. Like I've seen it done badly many times. I don't think I've seen it done well very often. Um, and I think it has a really like vibrant, colorful style. I think it's surprisingly detailed and well realized. And I think the animations and the the visual effects are all great in motion. I mean, it's a technically well-executed example of an art style I don't care for at all. I'm starting to look at some of the screenshots, and I... When I'm kind of tossing it over in my, in my head a bit, I do think that there is some sort of... There is a merit to some of the things that it is doing. Like, especially some of the... I don't know if the if any of the 2D parts are in the actual game, but some of the 2D stuff I'm seeing is really strong yeah. for that, too. Yeah, the uh, the 2D art is in the game, and it's also, like, gently animated, 
like the cards animate slightly while you're looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, if the rest of the, is... that art style was as good as the 2D, I would not be cu- be saying to cut it. Let's put it that I think way. The th- I think the 3D looks better than the 2D. I think you're high. I think... I think that fucking hair in full plate mail looks fucking badass. I think that game looks really good. And I think it, like... Do you think it's top three? Yes, I do. I think we can put a hold on that one for a while because there are a Yeah, then I guess we're going to have to come back to this. Yeah. (laughs) Like uh, Accent Bird, for example. Ah, you... You bastard. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with cutting Axiom Verge. Uh, I, I, yeah, okay. Whatever. Axiom Verge is cool, it's, it's and really... it, it has neat H.R. Geiger influences to it, and I'm way into the sort of body horror type of stuff it does, but it's also... I don't like the color scheme. It's it's really... It's really muted, and... It, in comparison to all these games that have such b- vibrant styles and just pop out like crazy. Axiom Verge is more subtle, and that's a good thing, but it's it doesn't really... It doesn't strike me with the same awe as other games do on this list. So, Axiom Verge does a dark pixel style in a way that few other games do. Like, the dark areas in that game are fantastic. The reason I'm okay with cutting it is because when it goes into the more like, outdoor daylight sections, it's not nearly as good. Mm. Okay. Okay. So... Hmm. I want to cut Neon Struct. Is that going to happen? I think that its art style has a certain value to it. I think that the way that it... The things that it does with the low fidelity is pretty clever, but I also think that there are three other better-looking games on here. Yeah, I think it can go. It's really cool. It's the best use of minimalistic art style this year, but... Um... Or minimalistic pilot... Minimalistic 3D art. I can't say that word right now, apparently. I mean, White Knight. But, um... <laughs> Galaxy. Yeah, I I like the art style, but... The... I'm going to say it needs more art. Yeah, it gets old. It gets really old. That's That's kind of... I hate to say it, but that's kind of Galaxy in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Um, which is a bummer, but that yeah, that game needed needed more substance to it. Um, and art style is one of the ways that it does, so it does not have the best visuals of 2015. Um, so we're down to 4 at this point. I would cut White Knight and have our list. It's I would cut Armello. I know you would. Well, I really think that White Knight is... The things that they do with it are pretty remarkable. I also think that... It also has some of the... It's indie developed, and... the It's obvious that the team was working within 
a lot of limitations, and sometimes the animations bear that out in unfortunate ways, so I would probably agree with that. So you're saying to cut White Knight? Yes. Okay. So, I don't need Armello to win. I can go ahead and roll that out. I think it's between Splatoon and Ori in the Blind Forest. I think it's Splatoon. I think it's Splatoon too because I I think it's Ori, but I'm not gonna be upset about about Splatoon either. I think I think Ori in the Blind Forest looks really neat. Like it's it's a very dreamlike sort of. It looks close to what I would imagine a a Pixar movie might look like in some respects. I know Pixar is kind of the laziest thing to compare a good-looking thing to, but the way that it like, does but, visual storytelling but is... But, John, Johnny? Yep. Here's an argument I think you can get behind. Ori's art style often gets in the way of the gameplay. Yep, it does. You know that because I told you, but... <laughs> That's true. Like, uh, Ori's art style is absolutely the single best element of that game. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful that they let that get in the way of making it readable sometimes, I'm afraid. But I think that... And, oh, sorry. And that's a problem for the gameplay, but I still think it's the best art style of this year. But I still think Platoon is a really g- great art style, so, like, you're gonna... You two like it more than me, so we're gonna say that Splatoon wins. Okay, I just, but I'll, I mean, I, I don't think it's, like... I think when your art style is getting in the way of the gameplay. You can't just say, like, but it's a good art style. It's like, well, no, art style exists in the context of a game, and if it's fucking up the game, then that's a problem with the I, art style. I, I think I think in Ori's case, uh, the, it's more that the, they ask you to do things that aren't... that doesn't fit with the art style. I think that's the gameplay decisions getting in the way, not vice versa. Yeah. And that that's a hard thing to judge, of course, but... Well, I want to go back any case. briefly to best story where you were mentioning, or best idea where you were mentioning it was not the other parts that mattered so much as it was the the idea itself. And I think that's what we should judge all of these from on the visuals too. I, I mean, the idea is more of a purity. Th- I mean, like on best idea, we're talking about how. Like, we're talking about, like, specifically, we're not talking about how well a game does a thing. We're talking about how ambitious and thoughtful a game is, right? Like, we could put a bad game on there where we even think the idea was badly done. We couldn't do that with visuals. Best idea, like, could... I'm not saying that it actually is in this case, but it could very well be a deconsolation award because it doesn't have to actually be good in practice to be on there. Right, whereas, like, best visuals, your visuals have to be good. They don't, like, if you had a good visual idea and didn't execute, you wouldn't win this. Yeah. And I think in that context, the way the visuals serve the game is important. Yeah. That's fair. So, and Splatoon's visuals serve the game incredibly well, and I'm very happy to say that Splatoon is our winner for best visuals, with runners-up Ori and Armello. And that is our 2015 Gimmick Awards, folks. Gimmick, gimmick. <laughs> that was about as bad as I expected, but not terrible. Um, so we are on uh, iTunes. If you want to check us out on iTunes, the name for this feed, of course, is the Scanline Presents feed. 
Any reviews and ratings that you were to offer would be greatly appreciated, and maybe you could tell a friend about us. You can visit our website at scanlinemedia.com, where we put up articles, podcasts, and videos about the gaming industry in general and games critique. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Any contributions go towards buying our staff software or hardware to cover the games. Nothing goes into pockets. And our content is free and will be free for the foreseeable future. But any help is appreciated. Uh, I am Colin Detmar. I am Ben Uncle. And I am regrettably John Nisco. And we thank you for joining us for this conversation about the best gimmicks of 20... I don't know how to... I'm bad at this. The categories side of the Game of the Year Awards of 2015. That's a good way of putting Indeed. it. Yeah. So look forward to, in the future, when we release the Game of the Year side of this. But for now, we're signing off. Thanks. Later. Bye.